Welcome everyone to the Wild Bill Throwdown episode number eight. Cannot believe that we've reached episode number eight. I'm your host, Will Greenwell, and man, what a weekend it was. Up and down with Mother Nature once again in the 2022 season. On today's show, we're going to be taking a look at some of the results around the area, talk to our special guest today about a great weekend he had, and jump into some of the big events we have coming up around the area this weekend as we near the end of month of May. Um, as action picks up, we're going to cover it. But first, let's take a look at some of the results as Mother Nature reigned on much of Saturday's activities. First, let's look at where I called the great event this past Sunday. It was scheduled to be Saturday, but Sunday was the case at Salem Speedway. Picking up the win in the MR Heating and Air Crown Vic Small Track was none other than the two-time Brownstown Speedway winner this year, Michael Cramner, in the number 15 machine. The winner of the Crown Vic Figure 8 race was Logan Caldell of White's Motorsports, still on a tear for that team. Picking up the win in the MR Heating and Air Big Track for the Crown Vicks was Daniel Durrett, our guest today in the number 19 machine where he has been so dominant in the Crown Vic and kind of debuted a brand new street stop this past weekend. We'll talk to him a little more about that during our interview. The winner of the White's Auto Sales Late Models was Caden White, number 12. Of course, Caden was the only late model that showed up for Sunday, but that's you know kind of what you get as beginner classes, trying something new at the famed racetrack. So we're going to see how it goes more in the future and see if we can add more of those events. The winner of the all-exciting Scrappers was none other than Tyler White in the number 7. This was a fan favorite. The crowd went wild. It was a spectacular event for the Scrapper division. Of course, the Scrappers being sponsored by Wilcox Towing and Trucking this year. The Lucas Oil Great American Stocks, the big highlight event of the afternoon, went to the bird's eye bullet Brian Bear. Brian and Chucky Barnes Jr. had a heck of a battle out there, and Jeff Caudell finished third. That was a great top three, back and forth. A little bit of retribution was trying to be shown by Jeff Caudell's number 98. Of course, he was leading most of the race the last time out, um, but had a little bit of piece of debris in his tire and went down, and that's what the case was last time. So he came back for the podium finish this time around, so pretty cool to see. Next, take a look at Sportstrom Speedway. We'll take a look a little bit there. They also had a rain out on Saturday night, and they had Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. They had a ton of action. It's kind of had a part of a makeup race and full program to get in. So they started off the night with some features, and then, of course, then they went into their regular show, which was the inaugural Triple 25s for the ICA Dumpster Sportsman. So we look at the 4.30 makeup. Of course, April 30th, 2022 is when they had that rain date that they had to get those races in. Austin Scott in the number 10 held off a charging Jamie Beerman Harbin to pick up the Race 8 Pro front-wheel drive oval. That was a huge win for Austin Scott. Congratulations to that young man. Now adds his name to a Race 8 win in the 2022 campaign. In the regular Race 8 Pro front-wheel drive, Jamie Beerman, of course, took home the win. In the 25-lap powder puff for that night, Dawn Douglas picked up her first powder puff win of the 2022 season. She landed that car in victory lane. In the 25-lap Ford makeup feature, can you believe it? Allen Douglas, of course, her significant other, wheeled the number 93 to victory. So it's pretty cool to see both Douglases in that victory lane circle. Paul Hartledge took home the 25-lap figure-eight feature for that night. 
The two makeup features for the Ford Oval went to first Frank Stevenson in the 222 and Andy Perryman in the 141 Craig Wilder-owned machine. The affordable Ford Ovals for that night went to Andy Perryman in the 222, kind of flip-flop there, and Ken Tungett's number 28. Of course, the highlighted event of the night was the Sportsman Triple 25. The three 25-lap winners were Marcus Elliott in the number 20, David Ross in the number 42, and the Moby Dick number 18 of Chad Dealey. But also in a rare faction, the overall winner was Nick Reed in the number two machine, who didn't pick up a win, but he finished close enough to the front that way he could take the overall. The Indianapolis Speedrome up in Indianapolis was in action this Sunday. And, or excuse me, actually not Sunday, Saturday. They actually got it in, I believe, Jonathan Bird, uh, who is kind of the general manager, actually said they were going to do everything in their power to get it in Saturday night, and they did. And uh, so that's pretty cool. The Browns Oral Service late models went to Donnie Murphy in the number 80 machine. So pretty cool to see. Just a little bit east of there, Anderson Speedway had the late models as James Kirby III picked up the win. The Thunder Cars went to Jimmy Kirby. The Thunder Roadsters went to Doug Duggar. Midwest Champ Cart showed out this year for Cameron Mason. The Markham Welding front-wheel drives went to Elliott McKinney, which is racking up at Anderson this year. And, of course, the Finnage Wrench Ford division, James Michaelsell, he is running for the championship there at Anderson Speedway. So pretty cool to see that uh, ride in victory lane. A little bit south, Brownstown Speedway had the Hoosier Dirt Classic. Devin Gilpin picked up the win there. And then Mother Nature moved in, of course, and canceled the remainder of the program for Saturday night. They did not have a makeup date for Sunday. Lake Cumberland Speedway was in action this Saturday night. This past Saturday night, Michael Chilton clinched the Super Late Model win. And then this was huge. I really enjoyed it. I watched three of these events this past week. The Illinois Speed Week. It's pretty cool. Uh, four races, four in a row, kind of like Florida Speed Weeks, but it was Illinois. Illinois has some of the best dirt tracks going in the area. I truly believe that. Wednesday night, Spoon River Speedway, Flow Racing Night in America, Castrol. Brandon Shepard in the number one Valvoline car. Mark Richards' owned ride picked up the win. A little bit 50 minutes, Thursday night, Lincoln Speedway for Castrol. It was Dennis Erb Jr. picking up the win on that night. Then they moved the next two nights was Mars-sanctioned events. Friday night, they were at Farmer City. Turbo Tyler Herb, this, I believe, is going to be a top candidate for the race of the year. Him and Ricky Thornton Jr. battling, that was just epic. Had me on my feet the whole time. Saturday night, Fairbury, one of the best racetracks in the nation for dirt. Mars-sanctioned, Bobby Pierce picked up that win in the number 32. Way down the road at the dirt track at Charlotte Motor Speedway, the XR Series was on hand. Huge paydays. Wednesday night, Chris Smokey Madden in the 44 picked up the win over Scott Bloomquist. Thursday, Kyle Larson over Brandon Overton. Friday was a rainout. Mother Nature wreaking havoc down there in the Deep South, too. And Saturday night, the 50,000 grand finale, Chris Madden picked up another win that he is racking up on the XR Tour over Jonathan Davenport's number 49. And let's talk a little bit about the national circuit. NASCAR. They went to Kansas Speedway. Kurt Busch in the 45 for 23-11 picked up their first win of 2022. And that's going to be a one to watch for Kurt Busch. Coming up next, we will have our special guest, Daniel Durrett, the guru behind the Gambler's Garage.
All right, welcome back, everyone. Today's guest, Daniel Durrett from Gambler's Garage. Daniel, thanks for being here today. We're going to jump into this thing. We're going to have a lot of fun today, but uh, thanks for being here and taking some time out of your schedule. Uh, thank you for having me. It's an honor. All right, so let's get into it, shall we? Tell our listeners a little bit about how you got into building this Gambler's Garage brand, uh, because a ton of people do not know that you have a shop uh, called Gambler's Garage before you even did racing. So tell us about that side before we get to any racing. Uh, well, the shop, all, I've always been involved with cars, custom cars, car shows, all my life. I've always wanted to race cars, never could afford it. So I found another route to get to cars, which it sounds silly, but car shows and car, they're, they're expensive on their own, but I, racing was a whole nother realm. So I, I just knew I couldn't afford it. But uh, 2014, I decided, you know, I'm going to go out on my own. I always built cars as a side hustle kind of after work i'd get off i'd work until one two in the morning in the garage and you know i had dozens of people say why don't you do this for a living and you know when you're in that position that's a huge scary step so it uh it ended up you know i tried it and so far i feel like it's been pretty successful i mean there's definitely bumps in the road and hard times and uh it's a roller coaster but I wouldn't uh, wouldn't have it any other way. All right, so we talk about that, but uh, what actually, before we jump into the Crown Vicks and all the other good stuff, what actually got you wanting to itch for racing? Uh, well, my dad actually raced at uh, Charlestown and Fairgrounds. Uh, he actually had the 05 number, and that's where that came from. Um, he ran a uh, 73 Pontiac Grand Prix. But uh, there's a lot of the classes he couldn't actually fit into. He ran a lot of Enduros and a lot of different stuff like that. But I got the itch from there, and it never stopped. And unfortunately, it took me till I was 39 years old to be able to do it. And really, it just all kind of just happened. You know, some I'm, I'm really blessed for the way things worked out and how I ended up getting to where I am today. So now we know Sportstrom Speedway start at the Crown Vic division. It, it took off like wildfire throughout the Midwest and South. You see a lot of now famous people, if you will, Cletus and Cars, now they're utilizing the Crown Vicks, and you, you see a lot of different people, Shady Bow, Speedrome, Mount Lawn. Uh, we can go on and on and on, Highland Rim, Florida. Uh, they're all utilizing these Crown Vicks. So talk about exactly why you got into the Crown Vic division. I know your dad raced, but what get you the urge to go out and get one of these crown vicks uh well it it really all kind of happened by accident it's a really cool story um i've been friends with austin bomb and brian bomb for a long time and uh even before i started racing they had a uh an extreme well now modified or sportsman and they uh they were getting ready to move up and step into something different and they put their uh they put that car up for a raffle so i bought i don't know i think one two maybe four chances just as a wow what if i win that would be cool and uh i ended up winning so here i am i've got this car and it was just a roller it didn't have a motor so i kind of won the car which was a surprise on its own and then reality hit because the car was here it was in my shop i'm looking at it i'm like 
you know, I start pricing engines, I start pricing transmissions, and I'm like, there's no way that I, I can do this. I can't afford it. So uh, I put the car up for sale, just, uh, you know, as just trying to get back out from under it and make a little bit of profit, of course. And uh, my good friend Chuck Freeman actually was interested in the car. Well, at the time, he had just gotten the 23 car, which is now the, well, was the 05 car, the Ford. So he bought the bought the car, and then he uh, he came to me and he was kind of like, you know, I can't drive two cars. Would you like to drive the Ford? And I was in shock, basically floored. But I'm definitely not going to say no. I'm like, you know, absolutely, I'll drive it. And uh, how how do we do it? And he's like, you just take it and you make it yours, and that's what we'll do. And that's how I ended up with Fords, and that's where it all started. So now let's talk about the success uh, that your stable has had. Uh, why do you think you're so, so successful in the division, and what thrives you in the Crown Vicks? Because you, you know, the defending—I uh, shouldn't say defending—2020. I'm looking at it here on your shop wall, uh, Ford Oval Champion. Uh, you have many wins in that Ford, including a big one that I know, and that's the inaugural one-hour enduro at Sports Drum Speedway that I got the honor of calling. I think I set a record that night for so many watchouts, but uh, that was definitely uh, 53 Crown Vicks, I believe, started that event one hour nonstop. We had a couple red flags here and there, obviously, for safety reasons, but uh, uh, definitely describe your success in this Crown Vic division. Well, uh, my success, I don't really know how to describe it, and I don't, I don't, wouldn't really call it success. I feel like, uh, this team has kind of generated a lot of that, and there's actually a cool story with that whole deal, how the team started and where it all began. But, you know, the, the teamwork is what has brought the success. You know, we, we form this race team. We all work together, and we all share information. And, you know, you look at the big league race teams, and that's exactly what they're doing, and that's what created the NASCAR of today. You know, you've got Hendricks. All those cars are working together. They share information, and that's what makes them so strong. And, you know, we get accused of cheating this, cheating that, and it's not anything to do with that. It all started – it's actually Dean Worrell and Chris Workman's fault. They started the division, and then they were all fielding track cars. Well, who do you think was getting accused of cheating then? It was the track cars. It wasn't because they were cheating. It was because they were all working together and they were all sharing all of that information between and amongst each other, and it made them stronger. So when this whole thing started, we I had a group of friends, and we all just said, you know, if we're going to compete with the track cars, then we need to work together. And that was where Gambler's Garage came from, and that's how we got to where we are today. You kind of gave me a good lead into the next questions, because, you know, I asked the hard-hitting questions here, of course. You have a faction of teammates, or teammates, if you will, like you just talked about in the Gambler's Garage stable. What, I guess I should say, what do your teammates contribute here, and what makes that team successful? And how does drivers evolve to getting into Gambler's? Uh... My, everybody on this team, we're like a family, you know, every family has its ups and downs and disagreements, but for the most part, we all stick together. We all, 
we all there we're there for each other you know if somebody's got a problem we take care of it if somebody likes something on their car that's the other flip side of it we try it um a good example was the 2020 season opener we on the off season every teammate bought a different kind of tire and we all went out and tried every different style tire every and it got us you know ahead of the game because we knew which tire would work you know you take 10 sets of different kind of tires there's not many individual people that can go test 10 different kind of tires so we uh it's just a big unity and it, it just works and so far i mean uh it's going good we seem pretty strong everywhere we go we got a few loose ends that we got to work on and get some people up to power but overall I, i'm i'm pretty satisfied and what was the second part now actually it leads me in my next question so we have seen this season some new drivers uh, enter the realm of the gambler's garage uh two jumping out hunter taylor and zachary cecil of course zachary cecil being the latest gambler i believe to go in that stable because it, it just kind of goes hand in hand so um describe the new teammates and uh how they joined gambler's garage and uh how they're developing as drivers because they're young drivers, but they they seem to be well, I should say, uh, more successful each and every week we see them out on the track. Um, well, I guess I'll start with the first part of that question. The to get to be a gambler, it's not a, it's kind of a, everyone on the team has to vote someone in, and you just don't walk up and say, hey, can I be a gambler? It's got to be a you know, you've got to have the same passion that we do, and you've got to be able to show us that. You know, you can't just show up, race, and go home, and you're a gambler. You know, if we say a good example just this past weekend or the weekend before, Jacob Robertson, he was involved in an incident. You know, every gambler teammate was involved in fixing his car before figure eight. That's what we look for. You know, if you're there – and like Zach Cecil and Hunter, they were helping before they ever became a gambler. You know, they were right there. They had tools. What do you need? What can we do? And that uh, that shows us, you know, that you you want to be there and you want you want to succeed. So, and both of those guys are incredible. They're learning at a rapid pace. I couldn't ask for any better teammates. They're right there if you need anything at all. Um, Zach's, you know, he's come off a really good rookie year last year. He had a couple wins, and then uh, he's working on that again this year. Of course, he's he had a sold his car, and we got him back in something else thanks to uh, Brandon Hooker and uh, Hunter. He's right there where he we're chasing his first victory. So, all right, so it's you know I kind of attest that to. Um, the Lucas Oil Dirt Car Series, you know, we see it all the time. Just last week, Turbo Tyler Earp has a problem. Brandon Shepard's crew goes over and helps him as well. So I, I get that. So as the contrary goes, so I asked the hard-hitting questions. Now we all know you have a successful team. It means more wins. But on the contrary, it means more targets on the back of the gambler's cars, uh, including, you know, that you were talking about the cheating. People think you're cheating. or Other tracks think you're cheating. What is the strategy going to each week, knowing your cars with those kind of cards, the aces or whatnot, on top of those cars? What's it mean to have your cars have a target on their back each and every week? Um... That's really what drives us, you know, even uh, 
even the hate we get hate which i really don't understand because you know we're the first ones to be there to help any person at the track we're trying to we're trying to help the sport we're trying to help the hobby we're trying to help everyone as much as we can and you know just because we're successful we don't deserve the flack but that's just part of it you know with success you get hate and uh the hate thrive we thrive on that as well so it doesn't bother me or any of us in the slightest a lot of it's relatively funny some of the things that people say and come up with about our cars and our drivers and it's coming it's it's comical at times but uh when we come in the gate we're there for one reason we're not there to cause a problem we're not there to stir up anything we are there to try to bring home victories we're there to race for points and we're there to support our hobby and our sport absolutely well said now let's move forward you picked up a win this past sunday at salem speedway on the high banks in the crown vic number 19 machine and debuted a brand new ride in the great american stocks Describe your weekend and what made you want to get on the high banks in that street stock car that everyone's talking about that looks so good out there on the high banks. Uh, my weekend, hectic. That's my best description. It seemed like uh, I didn't have a chance to stop. Uh, the rain saved my hind end. Uh, that is one thing I can say. Saturday, I dropped the ball. I was not ready. I was late. I had to get one car there and come back. I was on the way back when they were practicing to get the second car. So uh, Mother Nature threw me a little uh, a little goodie bag. So, uh, But the Crown Vic is, is incredible up there. I love that track and the speed, and I really like the ability to create passes and create runs. That track is built for it. Uh, I really enjoy small track racing as well, but sometimes that ends up being a – you know, I move somebody out of the way game or, uh, you know, you get stuck in traffic and you can't move at Salem. You can, you can create runs and you can create passes. And I really like that. I feel like I'm actually racing. Um, as far as the street stock, that's another, just, uh, it's a blessing. You know, Chuck Freeman, he, I guess he saw something in me with the Ford and he's, He's basically put me in the street stock, and he's trusting me with that thing, and uh, I really don't know why. I don't have any confidence with that car at all. All I've ever been in is a Ford, and, um, you know, a lot of people take me as cocky or as this way or that way, or but I'm absolutely not. I don't have any confidence in that car, in myself, really, in the car, but I, I'm going to gain it. It's going to take some time, but that's why uh, Sunday when, you, when we were on the – start finish line and you were interviewing me after the ford race i was like you're not going to see me over here after this race i promise so i uh i went out in that car and i accomplished my goal my goal was to finish and uh that's what i did it's in one piece and we're going to move on from there all right so now before we wrap up and get even closer to the end we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the other star in that car and that being frank now, I talk about him, you laugh about that, but that Frank gives those kids and fans even more of a liking to you and that car and that piece when those red eyes come on with the fans and whatnot in your car. It just it sparks people in the crowd. You know, I see it from the press box all the time because I have a few of the crowd that you guys don't uh, when I'm calling a race. So what led to the birth of Frank, if you will, and the ideal so many people enjoy seeing? 
a lot of that stems from when I was young. You know, I remember things from Louisville Motor Speedway, just odd things. And it was things as a kid that stick in your mind. There's, uh, there used to be a car that was always uh, purple. And I remember I, pro I couldn't have been less than 10 years old, and it was said plum crazy on the trunk. And I remember it to this day. And I remember... Uh, Chucky Bomber had a Chucky doll strapped to his roll cage, and there's just little things, and those things stick with children and with fans, and I just wanted to do something. You know, I I, I see skeletons, and a lot of people, you know, they they look upon that as weird or, like, I guess celebrating death, or I don't look at it that way. You know, it's it's a fun thing, and the kids like it, and it gets their attention, and, you know, we – we are out there for the fans we are racing and we do have a job to do and race and try to win but the bottom line is if we don't have the fans then we don't have a track to go to so i feel like we need to do something to create that i guess stir or wave in in the fans we need to keep them going or keep them interested and you know what's more weird than a skeleton staring at the opponent when you're passing them you know going down the straightaway and that's uh that's just kind of me i'm always been a little weird a little different so that's that's how it all started and i i couldn't believe the amount of flack i got when i took him away from sportsdrome i had fans writing me and asking me where he was and why he wasn't in the 19 car and it was a difficult decision to do that because it's uh even brandon hooker you know he suggested that i i paint the 19 car the way I want to and then I put my number on it and I put Frank in there but you know that's his car and I want to represent him and his number and his business because he is trusting me with being in his car so uh, I'm I've taken my image and moved it up to the street stock and hopefully some of my fans follow but if not I'll be right there at sports drone in the 19 car with them all right, so the next simple question I have for you is, what is next for Daniel Dirt in Gambler's Garage? What do we foresee? What's the rest of the aspirations for 2022 and going forward? You have some Crown Vicks racing here and there. Uh, I know John Lister will make a few appearances at Mount Lawn this year. You have Sports Drum Speedway. You have a whole host of gamblers there. Salem Speedway has the presence now. Uh, KMS just announced that they are going to restart with select events for 2022. So what is next for the Gambler's Garage team? Um. We have a few people racing for points at Sports Drone. We have a few people racing for points at Salem. But the ones who are not, we're going everywhere. We're gonna, we've are gonna. we already been to Anderson this year. We plan on going back to Anderson. That is a really fun track. I was, It was my first time there. I was actually really surprised. It's like, uh, it's like Salem on crack because you're on top of everybody the entire race. I really enjoyed it. And there's some really great people up there that run that place. And even the racers... They were, uh, you know, very welcoming, and we've been, we went to Florida and raced, and they were not that way, you know, that we didn't have anybody come up and even say hi, which kind of surprised us, you know, we're Southerners, so, you know, we're usually pretty nice for the most part, but uh, we'll definitely be at Mount Lawn, we're going to go anywhere we can go where they're going to race at Crown Vic, and if I could get Cletus to answer me, then we'd be up there racing with him, because we need to show him what that's all about. Yeah, absolutely. I was kind of laying in bed last night looking at some of the Facebook comments like everyone does before they go to bed, which is not really good for you. But um, 
I saw all of your comments, all the really the local drivers here, the Crown Vic drivers, kind of throw out the gauntlet to them. Maybe one day they'll see it, and maybe they'll say, all right, let's give them a shot. Because you guys, I will say it, this area being started at Sportstrom has one of the top Crown Vic presents in the whole nation. I mean, who else has 50 to 60 cars every week? I mean, it's pretty incredible that any division of cars, Lucas Oil Late Models can barely get 50 every race. So it's pretty incredible. So... I, as always, I preach it every time. The last three years I've preached it. Sponsors or people who you'd like to thank. I mean, if you forget them, they understand. I'm just going to throw you this curveball. I should have gave you a little prep before this, but I never do. It takes the fun out of it for me. But uh, who would you like to thank? If it's not just sponsors, just personally, who would you like to thank uh, to get you here? Well, I'm most definitely going to start with uh, – my team you know those guys they've had my back and girls they've been there it doesn't matter through ups and downs it's it doesn't matter they're right there you know um it's just the way it is you know i wouldn't be this wouldn't be what it is without them you know i it would just be another guy running around with a skeleton in his car so um chuck freeman you know he's huge i cannot thank him enough i'm forever indebted i wouldn't be in any of this without him and him giving me an opportunity and it's been one roller coaster of you know lucky and blessings one after another brandon hooker you know i sold my race car last year i was uh i was stepping out of the fords because you know the there's some some rule things going on that really irritate me there's some tracks that are lacking on rules and it's it bugs me you know i don't my team or our team is we thrive off of following the rules and whether anybody wants to believe that or not is fine if anybody knows me and really knows me they know that we're abiding by the rules and these tracks letting things slip it drives me crazy because it's going to ruin the entire thing it will not be affordable anymore and it's already headed that way um and brandon hooker you know that him letting me get back into Ford and run, you know, I I, I really don't have words for it. I, I'm, I was shocked when it happened. This Ford that I'm in now, the 19, I actually uh, put the decals on it for him over at the shop, and I called him to come get it, and he just told me, why don't you drive it? And, you know, I, I didn't even know what to say then. And then, of course, my sponsors, El Tarasco, Juan, yeah, I couldn't do it without him. He's been there every step of the way. Haunted Hotel's been right there. Independent Steel, they've stuck with me from the beginning. Q Labs, Tattoo Machines, uh, B&R Speed Shop. Murray's a good friend of mine. He's always taking care of me for anything. And then uh, CMF Express, that's Chuck's Trucking Company. And, you know, these guys and girls, they're, they're the backbone. I couldn't do it without them. All right, Daniel. Well, there it is. All of our listeners, a uh, background into the Gambler's Garage stable and whatnot. So I know you got some drivers competing this weekend at Sportstrom in the big figure eight race. I think Jacob Robertson, uh, Jake Wells, Daniel Lister, uh, I think they're going to be doing that as well. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Wish all of your drivers good luck this weekend. And we appreciate you for taking the time to talk with us today here on the Wild Wheel Throwdown. Hey, thank you for having me. And uh, it's a pleasure anytime. And I think you're doing a great job, by the way. There you have it, Daniel Durrett, the number 19, Crown Vic. Once again, I would like to thank Daniel Durrett of Gambler's Garage for coming on the show today to give us a little more insight on his organization. 
Now it's time to take a look at the schedule for this weekend, May 20th through the 22nd around the area. A huge show is getting ready to take place this Saturday night at the Sportstrom Speedway. This Saturday night, May the 21st, of course, they're having their huge figure eight extravaganza sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. It's a must-see event that will be the first time Sportstrom will be in the national spotlight on Dirt 2 Media. I will be calling that event alongside Brandon Taylor. We're very excited for that. It is, of course, the Napa Auto Parts present must-see figure eight extravaganza. On top of the board here is the Outlaw Figure 8 100 Lapper, which is a marquee event in itself, the Minivan Figure 8 Division, Affordable Ford Figure 8 500 to win, the Kentuckiana Tank Wash Modified Figure 8, like we said, the World Figure 8 Tour, it is a sanctioned event for those outlaws, and of course, the big marquee event, the School Bus Figure 8. Tickets are available online for Eventbrite, or you can purchase them the day of the show. Indianapolis Speedrome is in action this Saturday with the program for the Mini Late Model Oval and Figure 8, Street Stock Toby Eads Memorial 50 Lapper, Factory Front Wheel Drive, Ford Oval, and Ford Figure 8, plus bike races ages 6 and 7 and 8 to 10. Be there this weekend for all the family fun at Indianapolis Speedrome. Anderson Speedway will be taking this weekend off in preparation for their Little 500, always a marquee event for them. Bloomington Speedway is in action this Friday night, May the 20th, with a huge night of action. 410 Sprints Nongween, Hornets, Bombers, and of course the IMCA Mod Lights, plus the Indiana Late Model Series, the crates will be the, on that card that night for the touring division. Brownstown Speedway will be racing this Saturday, May the 21st, with U.S. Air Force Night. Competing will be the Pro Late Models, Pure Stocks, Hornets, Crown Vicks, and the MMSA Mini Sprints. Mini Sprints are very impressive. They've been averaging about 25 to 35 sprint cars per event, so make sure you check them out. Now we'll see the Dirt Touring Series as we look at around the area of the National Dirt Car Circuit. A lot of dirt tracks going on this weekend. And we'll all start with the ones that are in the Deep South. The Southern Clash at Waycross Motor Speedway, $2,500 to win. You also have the Super Late Models competing at Florence Speedway for $5,000 to win payday. The All-Stars are at Mountain Motorsports Park for $3,000 to win payday. Port Royal Speedway in Pennsylvania, $3,000 to win payday. So pretty cool to see there as well. Looking all around here, of course, Lucas Oil has a huge weekend of racing. The Lucas Oil Dirt Car Series, 300 Raceway. They're going to be there on May 20th, 12,000 to win. They will also be going down to 34 Raceway on May 21st, which is Saturday, 15,000 to win. Of course, the World of Outlaws Case Construction Late Models was scheduled to be at Thunder Mountain Speedway, but that is now canceled. And... Looking ahead, they were supposed to be at Bloomsburg Fair Speedway. Don't know if that event's still going on or not. So that's a look at all of your racing around the country. So that's going to do it for another great episode here at the Wild Wheel Throwdown. As always, I would like to thank Dirt 2 Media and the production staff for making this show possible. Also, a huge thank you to my guest again today, Daniel Durrett. Always great to talk to Daniel. And of course, like I do every show, always remember race fans, drivers, and crew. 
always, always, always support your local short track. I'm your host, Will Greenwell, and I will see you around the turn. Thanks, everybody.